everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fuse Ignites. I am your host, Anthony Sturpey, and thanks for tuning in for this week's episode. This week, we're going to call this episode Fuse Ignites Mindfulness. And that is a topic that a lot of people, they're really unfamiliar with. They ask, what is mindfulness? And so I wanted to reach out to someone in our district who really has done a lot to explore this issue, to bring it into the classroom, to teach other teachers about what mindfulness is. And one name that kept coming up again and again is one of our elementary school teachers, Brittany Sabatino. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to get Brittany on the phone so that we can have a conversation about what mindfulness is, how she's bringing it to her school, and even talk about how we can bring it to other places in our district. So here we go. Let's get Brittany on the phone. Hi, Brittany. How are you? Hi, Anthony. How are you? I'm great. So why don't we start by telling people what school you work for and what you do? So I work at Davis Elementary, and I'm a first grade teacher. And, oh, I'm sure you know, do you know Miss Talbot down there, Regina Talbot? Yes, I do. She is... Yes, she's helping us with the musical this year. So we got a little bit of Davis coming to the high school to help you, help us with the musical. So I'm excited to have another representative of Davis sharing with the community. So again, thank you for doing this. Um, so how did how did you come to work at New Rochelle Public Schools? Um, so a couple of years ago, I actually I'm from Long Island, um, out east. I you know, graduated in, I don't know, 2010, and I was looking for teaching jobs, but it was very saturated on Long Island. There's a lot of teaching schools, so I decided to go in Olas, and um, I saw a listing for a first-grade Spanish teacher. Now, I didn't really know what that meant, but I knew that I had my elementary teaching degree and I had my Spanish degree, so I thought I would interview, and what they, would, they had needed was another elementary teacher that could also teach Spanish, and I happened to be able to do both, and that's how I was hired. So why New Rochelle? What, what about New Rochelle attracted you? Uh, because I talk to a lot of teachers, and I think our district is very different. And is that something you heard about beforehand or that you knew about, and so you were like, I got to work there? Or was it just something that you came to know once you got here? Definitely something I came to know once I started, but I came to know it very quickly that it was, it actually reminds me of the district that I, I grew up in. Um, it was a very large district and it had a lot to offer. And, and really what I like most about New Rochelle and what I've come to learn is that there's just so much opportunity. There's so many things um, to learn. There's so many people that I've met that are so talented. Um, my horizons have really expanded. I love how they, um, they really do a lot of programs for both the students and the staff. And it's been a really great experience really getting to know New Rochelle over the past uh, nine years now. So it's something that I came into, I wasn't familiar with beforehand, but it's something that I really want to love about the community. Yeah, I think I, you know, I, I, like you, was very surprised to find how diverse our district was. I, the same thing, I came here sort of watching it from the Dick Van Dyke show, which I don't even know if you know that show from all those years ago, which was set in New Rochelle. And I was looking for the Dick Van Dyke statue, which doesn't exist. And I think, <laughs> I, I think we're really a school that's a model for so many, uh, of uh, uh, so much of what this country is trying to create. We really are a model of what is possible. Um, so 
I am calling this particular episode Fuse Ignites Mindfulness, and that's why we're talking today, because you've created a mindfulness curriculum. So what is the curriculum you've developed, and what impact is it having on your school community? So a couple of years ago, um, I started, I, I attended my first mindfulness meditation class, and a friend of mine on Long Island, she was a teacher, a fellow teacher, and she said, you got to try this. This is something that I think will really, you know, be positive for you, and I said, okay, so I went, and everything the teacher was saying at that class really resonated with me in terms of, you know, living your life on autopilot, getting into your head and out of the moment, and really just losing touch with the things that are important to you and the people that are important to you, just, you know, kind of living your life on the hamster wheel, and I'm like, yes, this is how I've been feeling lately, and I think the nature of our profession is that we're really trained to think three steps ahead and then reflect two steps behind and really living in the moment becomes something that just happens, you know, automatically and we're not really getting the most out of our day to day. So that really resonated with me and I started my own mindfulness practice from that point on and I thought to myself, well, if it's been something that's really beneficial to me, I wish that I had learned some of these skills and tools much younger. I could have avoided a lot of mental strife or I could have handled emotional situations better. And I thought it was something that was uh, really important to bring to younger students. I mean, I teach first grade and I thought, well, let me give it a try. So I first took some online classes through Mindful Schools. Um, they're a great resource. Uh, they taught they taught me the, the fundamentals of mindfulness. They taught me a great curriculum to use in the classroom. So I piloted that uh, my first year trying it out. And the difference that I saw in my classroom and with the students was was really game changing. I mean, the the self awareness that they were developing, and their their ability to pay better attention, their ability to relate to each other better, really made me step back and say, I really have to go deeper into this. So, I started with that curriculum. We also, um, I was lucky enough, um, a colleague of mine, Marcia Diggs, and I, we wrote a couple of grants to get some more PD. Um, through Little Flower Yoga, and they're our local company in Pelham that they also came and did a lot of training and some mindfulness workshops and some other curriculum that we could implement in the classroom. So now I started adding some of that in. Uh, the Staff Resource Center also hosted some mindfulness professional development. So I've kind of been taking things along the way. I take a little bit of mindful school, a little bit of Little Flower Yoga, some things that I also learn, you know, in my classes that I take, and I kind of try to make it accessible for my students. And teach it as much as I can. So it's really made a great difference on the students. Um, I've led a couple of workshops for parents, and I've, you know, gotten emails like, oh, this is great, we've tried this at home, you know, from everything from this helps my, my child fall asleep better to this helps my child relate to their siblings better. It's really made a positive difference in families as well. We did a, a family yoga night series. We have, at recess time, we have yoga coming in a couple of times during the winter months. So it's something that's really resonated with some people across the school and, and across the school community. I also did uh, a couple of years, I've been having some meditation um, after school in my classroom with just like the teachers and the staff. And that's been really helpful for them too, just to kind of share what I know about how we can better navigate our day to day. And, and you know the stress of um, you know, all the things that we have to do in one day and making sure that we take care of our students, ourselves, our families, and just being able to share some tools that were helpful for me to others has been something that's really rewarding and hopefully helpful to 
uh, everyone I've been able to share them with. And it sounds like then it's been very well received in the Davis community. Uh, the teachers too, your staff as well, are, are they embracing it and bringing it into their classrooms? Yeah, there's some teachers that are also trying things out in their own classrooms. Uh, this year we, we started putting a little note on our uh, rethink social emotional curriculum. Here's just a strategy that you can try in your classroom, or even if they don't haven't taken any of the professional development classes or had training, they can try something in their class that's very accessible for, for them to use and for students to access. So it's something that's, you know, we're, it's, it's voluntary and, and people who um, take to it and who it resonates with them as well, they've been trying it in their own classrooms. And, you know, as, as people feel that they, uh, as it resonates with them, they, they use it for their students and themselves as well. Now, you're also in uh, piloting this year a restorative justice element, uh, building circles, I believe it's called. What is that? So over the summer, um, I, I always, you know, restorative justice is a term that I've really heard um, a lot around the district, and I just felt that I, I wasn't quite sure exactly what it meant. So over the, the summer, um, a colleague of mine, Mrs. Diggs, um, we attended a professional development, a three-day professional development about the first element of restorative justice, which is community building circles. And it's the first tier. It's something that you do with your whole class. And what it really is, is you get yourself in a circle. There's maybe like a talking piece in the middle, something that you want to bring attention to. But there's, you know, there's no desks. There's just people either in a circle on the floor or in their chairs and you use a talking piece and what you do is you really you you know you start with maybe an icebreaker or something for everybody to get to know each other and then you you develop some safety guidelines like this is what I need to feel valued in this circle this is what I need to feel comfortable sharing and being vulnerable you kind of go over those guidelines with the people that are a part of the circle and then you can start tackling some bigger topics. Um, you know, you might ask a line of questions and then you pass the talking piece around and the only person that gets to speak is the person that has the talking piece. So everybody else is really just forced to listen. And it's a little bit different than a regular conversation where you might wanna jump in and respond or, you know, you might not be able to listen as well. I think the, the format of it is really great because people get to talk for as long as they want they get to share, they get to be vulnerable if, if they feel safe. And it's really a nice way to foster connection with a group of people. And I think that's so important because sometimes, you know, we, we kids come to school and they may not feel connected to their peers. And this is a really great way to foster that connection. And this way, even if there's something that goes wrong or there's something that needs to be atoned for, there's already a really nice community that's built in the classroom and they already have those connections with the students around them. And it, it makes sense for them. And I feel like it's motivating to make sure that they have those connections and really can, can be held accountable by their classmates and get that understanding and that validation of their feelings. So it's something that I started trying this year um, so far. Like we did the first day of school, we all did a circle. You can use it um, as far as read aloud so you can do a read aloud circle where you might highlight a book with a, a nice message and you can talk about the message with your students and, and you know we're only in a couple of weeks of school but already i can kind of feel how close the students are already they really kind of gelled after the first couple of days because they've had experience already a couple of circles and just being able to listen to each other and find out more about each other so that's something that i look forward to doing more of 
for the rest of the school year and seeing where that goes. You know what? That that reminds me of, because um, I think sometimes parents hear stuff like that. And I know that I've talked to parents about things that happen in some of my classes, like the, the theater classes or even the project-based learning classes. And then you'll get the looks from them like, huh, what? Like, so what's my child, what's my child learning? And I think what parents don't understand, like what you just talked about is the, first of all, the, a lot of that happens in so the theater stuff that I do, but the project-based learning that I do, and I do a lot of project-based learning, what you're talking about is a huge part of project-based learning because it's getting kids to learn how to work together. So that's really good to hear that that's happening there because that then does lay the foundation for some of the project work, which I think has such value and really teaches the kids how to function in a, a future work environment. It's laying the foundation for then what's happening here because that that mentality of the that sort of the building circles that's that's the foundation of our ignite program at the high school that's the foundation for a lot of project-based learning curriculums and uh, yeah and 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 i can only imagine yes you're hitting them young the effect that that will then have on them as they go from you know school experience to school experience yeah i really i i like to think of it as kind of a two-tier thing i feel like the mindfulness curriculum really gets them to connect with themselves in their inner selves, in their outer world, and then the community building circles really fosters their connection with others. And I think that's the, the main goal for me is to really help them to be in touch with their themselves and what they need and really be attuned to the needs of the people around them as well because ultimately the community, the micro-community you're building in the classroom and in your school is going to transfer to the macro-community and where you live, right, and where you work. So Correct. I think it's yeah. important to start building those skills young. Uh, so what would you love to see happen for our schools as they change and grow? Because we are in a time of great change. I don't know if it's always change. It might be, it might always be changing. But as we change and grow this year, what would you like to see happen? Um, I really just love to see our schools come to a place where we really value wellness, you know, for both students and staff. Um, I think the world can be very volatile at the moment. And you know, while it's important to receive a really rigorous academic education, I feel that it's also important to kind of balance that with valuing our mental health, valuing our resiliency and our connections to each other and ourselves. And I think that if we can continue to foster that and if we can grow in that direction a little more, I think that will make a really positive in impact in our district culture. For this year, what would you say is your three-word, and this is my big last question that I ask everyone, your, your three-word hope for this school year? For this school year, I would say the three words would be bring back joy, um, joy of the moment, joy of connection with each other, joy of teaching, joy of learning. Um, I, I'm really hoping this year to really bring back, you know, just more fun um, in the day-to-day -day of what, what I do and, and what I experience with my students and the culture that I set up in my classroom. And that's, that's my goal. That's my goal for my personal life as well. Um, you know, sometimes we t I tend to take, take things a little seriously, a little too seriously. And I think that if we get to, back to a place where, you know, learning can be fun and teaching can be fun and aside from all the changes or aside from all the things that we have to do, where can we cultivate that inner joy and really spread it out to those that we come into contact with? So. I love that.
I, I'm ready to bring back some joy, let me tell you, because <laughs> now that the school year has started, there are those days where I think that I need to post that on my wall to remind myself to bring back joy, because, yeah, it, it, you can get bogged down sometimes in the, the, the emotions of the day, and I don't think people recognize always that teachers really carry a lot of things so that the students don't have to. And yeah, sometimes we, I, I, we, I'm, I might come down and have to do some mindfulness training with you. So, <laughs> all right. All right. Well I'm, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm connecting with Davis. Now I have two wonderful connections to Davis. This is fantastic. And and I, I really, maybe I'll check back in with you again to find out how the program is growing towards the end of the year or even the beginning of next year. And we can, we can talk about how maybe we can even bring it to other schools. I want to thank you for being on the podcast today. Uh, and yeah, I, I hope that all the parents at Davis School recognize what a wonderful resource they have. And I hope that New Rochelle now knows what a wonderful resource and a great teacher they have in you at Davis. And I guess we're going to see everybody on the next episode of Fusing Nights. Nights.